This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Well, I invite you to grab a Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, as you're finding your way to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it has been an exciting week out on the land as our facility is being built. If you're brand new to real life, we're so excited. This is the year that we're building our first ever facility. God is doing a special work. I want you guys to see some video of what's been taking place uh, in the build uh, this week. So would you direct your attention to the screen? These guys, uh, this was 2 a.m. one morning this week. You look at these concrete trucks, just amazing. They went from 2 a.m. to midnight to get the whole concrete slab poured. Our, uh, the supervisor on the building is so fired up about the project. He was grabbing all this video for us. The next morning or into the morning or as the morning opened up, it continued. We had pizzas delivered throughout the day. We took them coffee later that night. Amazing to see what we've prayed for, what we've invested in what we've anticipated beginning to be built. It began to fly the steel this week. This was kind of the linchpin to stay on track in terms of a timeline. And the delivery of steel has kind of been an up in the air kind of a thing. And our builder said the day that the steel was to arrive or the day before he had knots in his stomach, you know, because it's so out of, out of their control in terms of the arrival of steel and uh, the steel was on time. So we're on track for uh, the build. Just amazing to see it begin to go up. This morning, I want to prepare you for the first time that you step onto the concrete slab. Um, I want to prepare you because you're going to have an experience, and I want to prepare you for that experience. Um, So I want to start this morning just by saying this. Our future worship auditorium will feel surprisingly intimate. Our future worship auditorium will feel surprisingly intimate. Intimate. There's a number of reasons for that, but I want to prepare you for that. That the first day you step out onto that concrete slab, you're going to be surprised at how intimate it feels. Now, why is that? It's because the room of our worship auditorium is actually a smaller room than this room. You're like, really? I thought you said we'll be able to, to grow in that environment. Let me explain to you why it's going to feel intimate, and then I'll share some, some really exciting news with you. Um, the... the The worship auditorium is going to be set up horizontally, not long, deep, gunshot style the way this room is. Um, So so the back row in our worship auditorium will be closer to the stage than it is now. Uh, We're not throwing my face on a jumbotron. Can I get an amen? 
first service really liked that. There was a round of applause when I said that in the first service. Second service, I feel the love. I feel the love. No round of applause. Um, but the back row will actually be able to see the preacher of the morning's facial expressions. Um, the, the building will be laid out in an intimate feel going long ways rather than deep. Uh, the, the chairs will be set up all the way back to the back wall. When you walk in these doors, there's this kind of open space. We don't push the chairs all the way to the back wall. But when you come into the worship center, by design, the chairs will go all the way to the back wall. Now, now some of you are thinking, well, why didn't we build a room that just like this one? Well, that was never our ambition. This is a gymnasium. Um, We had to take stewardship into account. Um, Can I just tell you, um, I don't like talking about money more than you don't like listening to me talk about money. Can I just say (laughs) Can I just say that again, you know? In other words, for us to embark upon this, this project and all the ministry that God's entrusting to us, we had to have some serious, heartfelt conversations about, about giving. And I promise you, I don't like talking about it more than you don't like listening to me talk about it. And, and so to try to build a room of this size would have cost a lot more money than to build a room of the, the size that we're building. Um, the ceiling is slightly... Uh, higher at its peak in this room than in our worship auditorium. The, the back wall here, as you see, there is no back wall here. It just keeps going on and on. So when you walk into this room, it feels super airy because this wall just, I mean, it's like way down there. Well, in, in the worship auditorium, the wall will be right here. So it won't feel like this airy, gigantuous space. So church, I want to prepare you for what you're going to experience when you step onto that concrete slab in our worship auditorium for the first time. And here's, and here's probably the, the biggest factor, is that the distance between our chairs in our worship auditorium will be radically different than the distance between the rows here. How many of you like to go to the movies where you kick your feet up? I do too. Some of you are like, is this a trick question? No, it's a, if it's a bad movie, you get a good nap, right? Your feet are up, right? You're at the movies. We don't want you to fall asleep in, in the sermon. But these chairs right now are spread out where you could take a good nap if you want to this morning. You just look at that. Can you guys see this? Right? So in, in our worship auditorium, we've, we've designed it to code, uh, and we've, we've moved it up to about right here. So I just knocked over coffee. Sorry about that. So if the sermon is really boring, you can easily whisper in the ear of the person in front of you, this is so boring. (laughs) And when the preacher goes long like he did this morning, you can just whisper, is he ever going to get done? But now if you're going to do that, you're going to disturb everybody, right? Because you're all the way back here. You're like, is he ever going to get done? And then everybody hears you, right? So, so that's really the biggest difference. Um, this space has been such a gift, and it's allowed us to stretch out. <laughs> um, but that's super not practical for a young five-year-old church like ours trying to build a building and steward the resources that God's entrusted to us. In, in, in other words, when we looked at the price per square foot and identified our budget, and we brought that together with a number of seats that we needed to, to build in a worship service. Our architect and builder did a masterful job. He's going to clean up the coffee. I know it. Mr. Pa, you are the man, servant. 
Our, our architect and builders have done a masterful job of keeping us on budget, in, in code, um, with the number of seats that we needed to grow. Our future worship auditorium will welcome growth. Here's, here's, something, here's something to keep in mind. Our, our average attendance in our largest service right now from September to January 14th has been 267 people. We've peaked at about 300 people in one service. Uh, the second week in December, December 10th, we peaked at about 300 in the largest service. This morning in this service, I'm willing to bet that we've tipping over 300 just as I, as, I, as I look out. Right here, right now, there's 458 chairs set out. You tracking? Tracking? Right now in this room, 458 chairs. In our worship auditorium that's being built, we will be able to put 587 chairs out. Some of you are sweating because you're getting claustrophobic right now. <laughs> you're like, smaller room, more chairs. It's called stewardship. It's called stewardship. We had to steward what God's entrusting to us to facilitate the maximum opportunity to welcome the growth that God's entrusting to us. In, in, two, in two worship services, what, this is what it means. In, in two worship services, our maximum seating capacity in two services would be 1,174 people. Awesome. Awesome. So, so let me remind you again, we've been peaking at 300 in one service, right? So double that peak, you're at, you're at 600. You see how the building that we're building will welcome the growth that God entrusts to us. If we run three worship services, which we likely will, either, either out of the gate or eventually adjusting to the growth that God's entrusting to us, we'll likely run three worship services. And if we do that, our worship capacity, not including real-life babies through pre-K and real-life kids, not including that, um, we'll be able to seat in our worship center 1,761 worshipers running three services. So why, why am I going over all this with you? It's to prepare you for the surprising experience of how intimate it will feel. Um, in, in other words, what we're experiencing right now, it will feel very, very different, but it will not compromise our opportunity to grow in its stewarding the resources that you are giving to the Lord. And can I encourage you with this this morning, church? Um, I'm, I'm super fired up about this. Every church that we visited, every church that we visited without fail as we were, as we were working on the design, every church said we didn't create enough space in kids we didn't create enough space in kids. We didn't create enough space in kids. And can I tell you, we have prioritized the next generation in this build, and we have created plenty of space for the ne next generation. So you, amen, amen, come on. So you're not going to walk into our worship auditorium and be able to stick your feet up like you do at the movie theater. <laughs> but I don't really think that that's what we're after. Um, and it may feel a good bit tighter than what you experience now. The chairs will be a lot closer together. It won't be as airy. There's actually a wall. There will actually be a wall right, right back here. But can I tell you, your kids and your babies are going to walk into their rooms and they're going to feel super comfortable. 
They won't feel, they, 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 they won't make a sacrifice in, in space. Right now on the morning, we peak at about 120 students, uh, kids in real life kids uh, over two services. We peak at about 100 uh, babies through pre-K on our highest Sundays. And so we've got plenty of room um, to grow as a church. Let me throw that last slide back up there in its entirety just so you can take a snapshot of this, so you can take this home, so you can keep this handy, so you can pray toward this because it's amazing. Before we officially launched the church, we, we, we drove through neighborhoods. And um, I'm, I'm curious if anybody lives in Hereford Farms that would be willing to say that's, where, that's the neighborhood I live in. Anybody here this morning, did I pronounce your neighborhood correctly, Hereford Farms, is that right? Anybody else this morning in Hereford Farms? We, throw, we drove through that neighborhood praying for the people that would move into those houses. And it seems like every, every six months I meet somebody at real life and they say, yeah, we live in Hereford. And I said, we, we drove through your neighborhood praying that we would have an opportunity to connect with you and share the hope of Jesus and you would find a, a family and a support here in, in, in Clarksville. And so I want you just to take a snapshot of that so you can begin to pray uh, toward this because there are countless others that will join the movement of God and join the family of God because of the ministry of real life. Um, I thank you so much for investing the way you have. If you haven't yet begun to invest financially in what God is doing here, I want you to get to be a part of this. The day that we walk in, the, the day that we open that building, I want you to be able to walk through those doors with a, with, a, with a sense in your heart of, I made a sacrifice for this to be able to come into existence. And so for those of you that are, thank you. For those of you that are considering that, I'm praying for you. Step out in faith and become a part of the movement in that way. Um, the, the sermon's short this morning, despite how, how late the first service got out. 1 Corinthians 3 is where we're going to be. And I want you to see this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, those black Bibles in the seats there are gifts for anybody that needs one. If you have a friend that needs a Bible, please take that and give it to, to a friend, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm so fired up about our building that we're building at 3575 Sango Road, and I'm so fired up about God's building that he's building in us. I want you to see this, chapter 3, verse 1. The Apostle Paul was writing letters to this new church at Corinth. Um, the apostles had preached the gospel, and churches were birthed as they heard the gospel, understood the gospel, and believed the gospel. Believers were gathered together and they formed little local churches. And the apostle Paul is now writing to one of these new local churches. And they had lots of questions about what does it mean to be a church and how to faithfully represent Jesus and to live for him in this, in this world. And so um, there was lots of instruction that, that Paul needed to give them. And here's some of the instruction that he gave them in chapter 3, verse 1. Look at it with me. But I, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. In other words, they were, they were living like their old way, their natural way, not the way they should live as people who have the Spirit of God living inside of them. He goes on and he says, as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready. If you are still of the flesh, for a while there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Now, this is a little interesting, isn't it? It's like, what, how did Paul want humans to act? Like humans? <laughs> like they were acting in their natural state, but Paul expected them to act supernatural. In other words, they were humans filled with 
the spirit of the living God, so he wasn't expecting them to live naturally, but supernaturally, different, not like the world, not, not being gripped with fits of jealousy, but being unified. He goes on, look at this with me, verse 5, what then is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants to whom you believed as, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor waters are, in, are anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Let me just pause there. Hey, what's going on in this text? Paul's saying, grow up. <laughs> grow up. I wanted to give you food, but you weren't even ready for it because of your spiritual immaturity. I could only give you milk. He's saying, grow up. Hey, don't let there be. Hey, they were arguing over who the best preacher was. Like real arguments. Now you think, yeah, that sounds so juvenile, but I mean, like we compare ourselves all the time to others, don't we? Like the whole comparison thing is really real. I mean, we're like always sizing ourselves up to her or to him or to them. How do we compare to that? How do we compare to them? And it's, it's often been said that comparison is the thief to joy. And when we find ourselves in a place where we're comparing ourselves with someone else, joy is quickly to exit our hearts. But comparison, it just never promises what it, what it invites. Um, there's a, a dear couple that used to go to real life, and they're in the military, and they PCS to another location, and, and they began their church search. And every couple of months, I would get a message from them. We can't find a church like real life. <laughs> we can't find a church that we love. He was saved in our church. We can't find a church like real life. Quit comparing churches to real life. What is Maybe what's, what's a church? What's the, what's the music? What's a preacher? Paul says, they're nothing. God's everything. One plants, another waters. God gives the growth. It's God that energizes a church. It's the spirit of the living God that builds the church. And so we've got to grow up, get away from comparing. I mean, you don't need to compare our new building to this room, right? Um, he goes on to say, look at verse 9. And here's the focus verse. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. The Apostle Paul here is giving a statement of identity. One of the most critical things for a new Christian to understand is their new identity they have in Christ. The world says you've got to build your resume and you've got to secure your own identity. You've got to be impressive and that's how you gain your identity. What you do secures your identity, who you're married to secures your identity, where you live, all that, what you wear, all those things secure your identity. But the Lord says, no, 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 when you trust in me, I give you a brand new identity. You become a child of the living God. You become royalty because you're a child of the king of kings. You become a friend of Jesus. And here the apostle Paul says, you become God's field. And you become God's building. Can I just tell you how fired up I am about the building we're building at 3575 Sango Road? And what I don't think we need to do as a church is to squash our enthusiasm about that facility. I think our enthusiasm about that building should be next level through the roof enthusiastic about that building. But what we do need to do is we need to elevate our enthusiasm about God's building and that's us. We don't need to squash our enthusiasm for the brick and mortar building we're building, but we do need to elevate our enthusiasm about God's building, 
God has an amazing plan for your life, friends. He's not forgotten you. You are his treasure. He's got a definitive plan. The Bible says all of our days were ordained for us before one of them came to be. God is so intimately involved in the details of your life. The Bible says it this way. um, He knows the numbers of hairs on our head. Listen, if you think God is distant or if God feels distant, that is not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that God is near. Even if you're not yet a Christian, God is near. When you turn to Jesus and trust in him, God comes closer than your very skin, living in your life by his spirit. And then he begins to order our steps. That's what the Bible tells us. He orders our steps. He's not forgotten you. He's not uninterested in you. He's not made any mistakes in your life. He's a master builder. So here's just three quick takeaways. You ready for this? Because we are God's building, let's trust the builder. Some of you today, you need to trust the builder for the first time for your salvation. You need to realize you're a sinner. Jesus is a great savior. You can trust him. Heaven will be your future home. He'll wash all your sins away. He'll come into your life by the Holy Spirit, never to leave you again. He'll give you a brand new identity, a whole new purpose in life. Everything will change. It won't all get easier. Sometimes it gets harder when you choose to follow Jesus. But it gets better. Jesus said, I came to give them life and to give them life abundantly. So some of you today, you need to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time. Will you do that? Others of you don't need to trust him as your, for, for your salvation. You need to trust him for your situation. There's middle schoolers and high schoolers here this morning that Building friendships is difficult. You've been betrayed once and you're scared to build another friendship because you're afraid, it will she betray me again? Jesus understands. You know, he had 12 really close friends and one of them betrayed him. He gets it. Some of you feel like you're not in the in crowd and you're having difficulty with that. You, you see all these people over here and they seem, to, they seem to all be together and you feel alone. Jesus understands that. You know, when he went to the cross, all of his disciples scattered, left him totally alone. He totally gets that. Listen, this morning you can trust the builder with your friends. You can call out to him. You can trust him with your present friendship situation. You can trust him with your future friendship situation. You don't have to take all the matters into your own hands, but you can bring it to God and say, God, I'm going to trust you with my relationships. Some of you are you're, you're trying to figure out, am I building the right kinds of friendships? Are they influencing me in a, in a worldly way, in an ungodly way? You can trust Jesus with your, with your friendships. Some of you this morning, you're in college, and what's consuming you is is that you thought you might have a a girlfriend or a boyfriend before now. You're counting down the days to graduation, and you're thinking, man, I really anticipated, like, graduating. I had it all mapped out, and, and you're struggling to trust the Lord with the timing of a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a fiance, a potential future marriage. You know, when we're building the building... One of the biggest things that stresses out our builder was the, the timing on the arrival of steel. We saw the steel flying in the video, and um, they shared with us that, that our builder had like some knots in their stomach the day before the steel was supposed to arrive because it's so out of their hands, so out of their control. And it's kind of notorious right now in construction that steel's just not showing up. I had a fellow pastor to me six months ago ask me, have you ordered your steel? <laughs> I said, I ain't ordered, I don't, you know, we're on track, you know. The steel arrived on time. And when God is the master builder of your life, 
you can trust that that relationship is going to show up on time. You don't have to take it into your own hands and settle for less than what God would have for you. You can trust him with the timing of this relationship. Some of you are young adults, graduated from college, and you've got the gigantuous task of trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Maybe you're about to get married anticipating two incomes, and even with two incomes, it feels impossible to make ends meet. You just don't know how it's going to, you just don't know how it's going to, it's going to work. All the things you uh, dreamed of, you feel like they're just not going to be within reach in the timing that you hoped for. Will you trust the master builder today? You're his building. He's not going to make a mistake in your life. Will you trust the builder today? Other young adults, they're trying to build a family. They're having obstacles. These are real difficult situations that we can trust the Lord with. What's the alternative? What's the alternative? The the alternative is sleepless nights, worrying. That's what happens when we don't trust the builder. The alternative is is our ulcers growing in our stomach, worrying. That's the alternative of not trust. The alternative is being irritable to everyone we love because we're so anxious. That's the alternative. Wouldn't it be better to trust the builder? Trust that the the steel's gonna be on time. There's adults of all ages this morning that are dealing with disappointments of all kinds. And the invitation is to trust the builder. As we trust the builder for our salvation and for our situation, you know what's next? You know what our heart moves into? Loving the builder. They begin to love the builder. God invites us into a love relationship with himself and the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. The, the most appropriate response to coming to the Lord's Supper, it's just responding by loving God. Where we love him so much, we want to spend time with him, reading the Bible and in prayer. Trust the builder, love the builder, and finally, obey the builder. Obey the builder. Jesus said it this way, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You'll obey my commands. Perhaps there's an area in your life that you've just held on to. You've not allowed the Lord to to be the Lord of that area of your life. Maybe there's a specific step of obedience that you need to take this morning. Will you obey the builder? He knows best. Can, can you imagine, can, can, can you imagine if, if in the building we're building out there on 3575 Sango Road, if, if some team that was, maybe the plumbing team or the electric team, or if they just showed up and they said, we don't need the blueprint. We're just going to do our own thing. Can you imagine what kind of building we would end up with? I mean, we'd have one room on a, on a hot day that was like cool, cold, and refreshing. And the whole rest of the building would be a sauna. <laughs> if, if the whole team was not following the blueprint and obeying the orders of the blueprint, the bathrooms would be set up in weird places and for one of the kids to go to the bathroom, they'd have to walk right through the worship service in the middle of the sermon. Gotta go to the bathroom. They didn't follow the blueprint and the bathroom's now over here. It's supposed to be over there. Sorry to interrupt the sermon. I gotta go. It'd It'd be a mess if they didn't follow the blueprint. It'd be a mess. I mean, who knows what it would look like and who knows how it would function? Listen, friends, 
when you don't follow God's blueprint for your life, it's only gonna end up in chaos. It's only gonna end up in dysfunction. It's gonna be a mess every single time. But he's got a better plan. He's got a blueprint and it's clear. And he says, trust me and love me and obey me and I'll build something amazing in your life. Do you believe that church? Do you believe that? It's not easy to believe it, is it? You can today. I'm so fired up about seeing this building built, but can I tell you I'm more fired up about seeing you being built? I love when you break free from an addiction and you've got a testimony to tell of the saving grace of God, the the freeing power of God. I love when I hear you, you talk about peace that you're experiencing when you used to be riddled with anxiety. I love seeing marriages restored in your life. I love seeing you grow in the fruit of the Spirit where you used to be mastered by a hot temper and God gives you the grace of gentleness. I love hearing you grow in wisdom. When when you speak, it's not just foolishness coming out, but it's the wisdom of God. Listen, God is building something beautiful in your life, in your life. And it comes by trusting the builder and loving the builder and obeying the builder. So today you've got a choice. Do I want to commit to a mess, to a future dysfunctional, messed up disaster? Or do I want to trust the builder, walk with him and obey him? That's our invitation today. Church, I, be, I believe in you. I believe today that you're listening to the Spirit. I believe that you're going to take steps day by day. And that what your life is going to look like in five years is going to be a masterpiece of faith, hope, and love because of what God is doing. I'm watching expectantly for what He's doing in your life. The steel is always on time. Let's pray, let's pray. Father, thank you. Oh God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for making us your building. Thank you for having a blueprint for our life. Thank you for sending your spirit to shape and mold and bring the sandpaper of your hand upon our life. Thank you for giving us security and building our life on the rock. We love you, Lord. Not like we ought today, but we love you and Father, I just pray for your grace to be empowering us to trust you, love you, and obey you today. We bless you, the master builder. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's praise him. Let's sing out, trusting him today. If trust is a fight for you, fight in this song. If trusting him today is hard, let this song be a battle where you're fighting to believe. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.